Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat over Zoom with Australian alternative country music singer Riley Catherall from Melbourne. We have a talk to him about his debut album, When I Go, as well as his brand new single, Bark at the Moon. There's so much to cover today, so let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month, and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Arthur It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Raving it up. Raving it up. Raving it up. Hashtag Lauren, Rave It Up. Yes. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Riley, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to finally have you on the show. How are you going today? Doing good, thanks. How are you? I am fantastic. I cannot wait to talk all about your new single because it is a hell of a track. Thank <laughs> but you. Because this is your first time on the show, we'd actually love to get to know you a little bit better and start from the beginning, if that's okay, to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. Sure. Sounds Obviously, good. It's, it sounds like music is such a big passion of yours. Was music always part of your family? Did you hear music growing up a lot? Or, or, or some of your family members already in music? How did that all happen for you? Yeah, I feel as though I never really had a choice. I mean, my my mum was a piano teacher and dad taught himself guitar, but not overly musical. Like, um, you know, they, they weren't in the music industry by any means. But I feel as though um, they were... I guess they saw the passion early enough that they sort of allowed me to choose what I wanted to do. And so I guess, yeah, coming out of school and already doing a couple of, you know, corporate cover gigs and stuff, I sort of realized that I could make money out of it. And yeah, never looked back, I guess. Oh, I'm so glad. So there's no other careers that you wanted to pursue that we might be even surprised of? <laughs> well, actually, I I mean, I, I went to uni for an archaeology degree. <clears throat> um, oh, that's different. Randomly, yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm currently doing my master's in ancient history of all things. So wow. I feel as though, um, you know, they're not necessarily career choices, but they are things that I am interested in. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I feel as though doing music as a career was always the yeah, was always the plan for sure. Yeah, well, it's good to kind of have a little bit of two passions, isn't it? Yeah, like that's life, it. You know, you don't have to just choose one thing in life. That's something I love. <laughs> 
But I was really interested in knowing whether you were always such a, like, you know, amazing student in English class and things like that, because you're such an amazing wordsmith. You always have you. incredible lyrics. You know, they're almost like poems in a way. Best lyrics I've ever heard anyway. Thank you. So <laughs> have you always been that talented at songwriting and just English in general? I mean, I definitely took a, um, I think that's very kind. I, I feel as though I took an interest to um, the creative uh, classes in English when I was at school. And um, I mean, I've definitely written some terrible things, <laughs> um, but I feel as though, <laughs> yeah, I feel as though I was lucky in that I sort of got uh, molded that sort of, that side of things. And I really worked out my sound and what I really wanted to do early on. And like there's recordings of, you know, older songs of mine that hopefully will never see the light of day again. <laughs> but I feel as though I, I, I tried to just get all of that out of my system earlier. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's what you sort of see now is just, you know, probably over a decade's worth of really sort of honing that craft rather than just coming out of the gates now <laughs> and having a, uh, a half decent product for sure. Oh, it's all trial and error, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, and you, you sort of, it's its a muscle and it's a its a skill that you have to work on, I guess. Mm. Do you look at other artists too? Like, is there anybody that you find such a big inspiration when it comes to songwriting? Yeah, I actually think, especially uh, when I found myself in the country music world, which was the last place I thought I'd, I'd end up, I um, Shane Nicholson was one of the artists that I was like, oh, this is how songwriting works. You know, like it's um, it's supposed to sound easy and it's supposed to sound relatable. And it's, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily about uh, saying the most profound things, but you've got to make a three and a half minute song listenable and relatable. And um, yeah, I think that's all part of telling a, a really quick, concise, uh, heartfelt story. Hmm, takes you to a whole new place. I think yeah. that's the amazing thing about country music and why I also love it as well, because you don't really hear that much like that in pop music and stuff. No, no. <laughs> it's feel good music. Country music yeah. is a lot more deep and it and can well, be way, way more relatable. I think, uh, you know, I was always sort of told that different sort of music, you know, you have you have head music where it makes you think and you have heart music that makes you feel things. You've got loin music and leg music that make you dance. But um, I feel as though at the core of all of those styles of music, the, the song's got to work for what it's trying to do. And I feel like country music is where I really sort of fit in because it was just, yeah, you know, good storytelling songs that tug on the heartstrings. And um, yeah, you know, at the core of all of that, it's just really great songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. You've definitely found your your niche, as they say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I think these days as well, you know, becoming a musician is just getting harder and harder because it seems like everybody wants to be one now, right? <laughs> Especially with, yeah. you know, being able to put things up on YouTube and Spotify. Totally. It's a lot easier, which is fantastic. But for people like you that really want to shine and get your stuff out there, there's a lot of challenges. What challenges have you found over the many, many years you've been doing this? And especially with COVID, like hitting in the middle of it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, it's funny, you know, like I, I used to, before I was in the country music world, I, I used to see it as a little bit of a competition, not by, you know, it was, that's obviously a very unhealthy way to look at it, but I felt as though everyone was sort of climbing on top of each other to get somewhere. Mm. Um, I think because it is so, um, you know, it's more accessible to have a home recording set up and put songs out. And um, I guess with, uh, 
you know, booking shows, there's lots more people who are booking shows and straight out of COVID too, if, like, you know, if you weren't one of the first ones to start booking your tour, you'd find that all the venues would be um, all booked up. But I, I, I realized that in the, in the country music world, it is much more of a sense of community and people aren't holding, you know, the answers or contacts or ways to do things close to their chest. It's all about helping each other out. So um, once I realized that you could, could embrace that, um, I guess that direction in making music and making it a career, you don't have to be competing with everyone. Everyone's just doing their own thing. I feel like it's um, a much healthier way to also create as well, because you're not comparing yourself to mm. anyone else. So. Well, I do hear that from a lot of country music people I talk to. It's a, it seems like so much more like a actual community and family, yeah. isn't it? And, it? and it's nice too, you know, and it's the few festivals that happen, you know, around the year, whether it's Tamworth or Gympie, like you sort of rock up and you haven't seen these musicians for, you know, 12 months or whatever. And it's, you're just like old friends and everyone, you know, the co-writing thing is also a huge thing that I, I am definitely new to, but I, I just love it. Like it's, it's really cool. Just, you know, making the entire thing a collaborative effort. It's really cool. Yeah, of course. Two, two heads, three heads, better than yeah, one, right? That's right. <laughs> Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Always say you're going to do it. Maybe even make it a new year's resolution but never do. Well, this is your time. Hills Latin Dancing teaches salsa, bachata, and merengue classes for all ages and fitness levels. No partner or previous dance experience is required. If you don't live in Sydney, that is okay too. We teach private lessons over Zoom for only $50. We also offer wedding dances and also a seated dance class for the elderly and those with mobility challenges. Come join us for some fun. Visit our website, hillslatindancing.com.au for more information and to book your class now. Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. Well, if any, if our audience have never heard of you today and they kind of want to go back and check out some of your other tracks, your first EP was titled Venture in Vain. When did you release this? Um, I released that, that would have been 2018, I think. I, um, I recorded it in 2017. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I recorded it in 2017 um, and then just sat on it for ages. You know, I think it was that thing where I... Had, I felt like I'd finally found the style of music I wanted to write in, but I wasn't completely sure. So I, I recorded it and I just sat on it and I sort of just was like, is this really what I want to do? I also knew that once I started releasing music of that sort of sound, I didn't want to ever go into any sort of hiatus. I wanted to release music and then continue to release music. Mm. So, but yeah, you know, that, that was what, four years ago. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Is that also like a bit of a perfectionist thing as well? Like you yeah. have that fear of not wanting to release something because you're like, to me, it's not perfect yet. <laughs> yeah, I think like and a lot of musicians would probably relate that when you um, create something uh, for a long time, that 
product exists in some sort of infinity where it hasn't been released yet and it just has like these endless possibilities of where it could go you know it could i mean like we have to be realistic about it but it's not going to blow up overnight but you, you you obviously wouldn't put songs out unless you were you know you believed in them and you were really proud of them and then all of a sudden when you actually put the music out it's just there you know and people either yeah. like it or they don't like it so um, I feel as though less so of being a perfectionist thing. It's it's almost like this this dreamer state where it exists only in your mind and no one else has heard it yet. So it's yeah. like it's like a safe space, you know. So, but yeah. sometimes you just have to get it out, and that's how you progress, I guess. Only your baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You could tell everyone. It's like, oh no, it's really, really good. Just wait till you hear it, and then never release it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, love, I like that plan. Yeah. <laughs> but- kind of, excuse me, ruins the whole uh, seeing whether other people do like it and whether you're just being, I guess, um, biased about the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I used to, you know, I had a few conversations with people where they would go, oh, when's the album out? And be always like, oh, yeah, you know, before Christmas, whether or not that's this Christmas or next Christmas, but everyone would get really excited about it. And then it's like, oh, God, I'm actually going to have to put this thing out and people are going to judge it, you know. Yeah. It's It's been a long time coming, so. I don't know. Especially if they're excited for it, they're like, exactly, "When is yeah. this thing happening?" <laughs> but I feel as though I've gotten a lot better with that. Where I'm, I'm very conscious of, well, especially now that I have, you know, that first EP, and now I have my first record out as well. It's almost like that's the foundation. If people want to hear me, they can go there, and everything else is just like any sort of progression or a bonus of me moving to different places. So mm. it's nice to have that foundation there. To now, I'm a little less precious about putting songs out for sure. Oh, good. And where did the whole name Venture and Vain come from? It's such a unique name and very catchy too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it was a line in one of the songs, um, but I guess I I chose it as the title of the um of the of the EP because of that thing. You know, it was me sort of going into a new uh, musical space and um you know not really knowing whether it was going to work out. And yeah, I think it was just like, oh, let's do it. You know why waste time let's just you know, get into it mm, try try to find the best line in one of the yeah. songs and well, go that's for it, it. Mm. i i also like you know that that ep had five songs on it and mm. i didn't necessarily think that any of the titles of those songs made for a good ep titles yeah. <laughs> it's like i have to find something else that i've i've come up with and make that the title so yeah, yeah. <laughs> And your debut album as well is titled When I Go and an accumulation for our audience, accumulation of songs about leaving and losing love, finding somewhere to settle down. What is your personal favourite there, Riley? Is that kind of hard to choose? It's like your favourite baby? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it does change. I, I There was a lot of songs on that that um, I was really proud of when I wrote them and, um, you know, some of them are staples in the set still. Um, I think the ferryman or Germany would be my favorite song. Um, as in time and time again, I just appreciate it. And I know that I'm going to appreciate it forever. Yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily for if, if, if I'm changing styles later on, I feel as though those are the songs, which just at their core, um, represented that period of time for me. And Mm. I'm also really proud of as songs. So I think that's important. Yeah. And you always find like, because for me saying it's an accumulation of songs about leaving and losing love and all that, do you find things like, you know, finding love, losing love, kind of make the best songs, especially in country music? I always find they're very, very common. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I feel as though 
I mean, most musicians will tell you it's pretty hard to write a happy song or a convincing, <laughs> convincingly happy song. Um, yeah, I feel as though it, it's a theme that everyone sort of draws upon. Um, I think it's just about trying to do it differently so you, um, you know, you have something new to say. It's kind of depressing when you think about it. It is, that yeah. it's hard to write a happy song. It is, I know. <laughs> but that's it comes back to that thing of, you, you know, the songwriter's job is to make people feel things and um, often people turn to music when they're feeling lonely or they're looking for somebody to relate to and mm. often that's because emotions are heightened and I guess you'd notice you know your emotions heightened when you're sad rather than when you're happy so that's true which yeah. is really sad you know? never thought about it that way but <laughs> we can all relate to finding and losing love that's it that's it <laughs> and you're single out now uh, that everyone can go check out bark at the moon is it true that you're kind of like stuck after your album and before this track was it a bit of writer's block yeah i guess it was i think you know putting a putting an album out there was a lot of work involved that isn't necessarily creative you know it's the booking the tour it's making sure the album artwork is good and the, everything comes together and distributing it and the promotion marketing, and, all of yeah. that sort of stuff <laughs> that i'm no good at um, but it's, um, you know, you, you put a different hat on as a musician to do all of those different jobs. And um, I felt like I'd gone six months without writing a song. And so it came to the time where I was like, okay, the album's out, time to write some new songs. And I was sort of just writing crap for <laughs> such a long time. And then this song sort of fell out in an afternoon, one of them sort of magical instances where a song didn't exist one minute and then it did, you know. And um, I was really excited about it, and I I demoed it in my in my room with my you know my little recording setup, and um, it sort of captured the the soul of the song in that moment, and that's actually become the the release recording. Um, so that was a new a new thing for me as well. But yeah, it was I guess it was just you know being excited about the next step for sure. Mm. Yeah, how do you get out of that writer's block? You just kind of take a step away, do something else and come back to it or just let yeah. inspiration strike when it wants to? I like to, I mean, like, I'd like to say that I should just let it strike when it wants to, but, you know, I might never write a song again. So exactly. Sometimes I, you've got, you know, deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel as though I, I've, I've figured out some triggers of mine, which are, you know, immersing myself in other kinds of music, whether it be, um, listening, uh, you know, whilst I'm driving, but a main thing is going out and, um, seeing other people play, or also I'm in a different couple of different projects where I just play guitar. And so like seeing other people write songs and, you know, the evolution of their songs come together in a rehearsal room, that's often like inspiring for me to go, oh yeah, I like that one single line, or I like that theme that you're writing about that could, you know, spark something in myself. So, I mean, a lot of it is, yeah, taking inspiration, sometimes very literally <laughs> copying somebody else's line. Um, I'm not afraid to say that, but yeah, sometimes that's what it takes to just, you know, spur that creativity again. Mm, to kind of just go down a different path. Yeah. That might be different for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And in a previous quote too, you've said that this song is a real exercise in not trying to overwrite new material. Can you please tell us what overwriting means? Is it trying to make it too perfect as we were saying before? Yeah, I think, you know, as I said, like I, I started to write a couple of songs and I thought that they weren't very good. And so often I'll just abandon them. Um, and I guess with songwriting, you know, half of songwriting is starting the song, finding that inspiration, actually start writing something and then 
you sort of forget that as a songwriting muscle, you need to practice finishing songs as well. Mm. And um, this was one of them ones where uh, as I was writing it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a bit of a naff line. But, you know, just get through it. Let's let's practice getting to the end of the song and you can come back and you can edit it later. And so I realized that there was an element of just sort of pouring things out with this song and, um, you know, a few little tweaks at the end, but I also wasn't too precious about, you know, making everything work on a meter level on a, on a, um, on a, uh, you know, consistent melody level. Um, but just making it, Hey, let's tell a good story and let's just get the song finished so we can move on. Sort of thing. So <laughs> Move on to the next one. Yeah. And then it turned out to be, you know, a really, really exciting thing. So it was, um, maybe I'm onto something. Well, you also just said recently, you've never been this excited to show people a song. How come this is like your new favorite? I don't know. Maybe it is because I've just been out of the, you know, writing songs for a little while. Um, But this sort of showed me, I guess, reminded me that I know how to do it for starters. Um, (laughs) And it was, yeah, sort of, I, I guess the whole thing of me writing it in an hour and then demoing it in an hour, I actually went into the studio to re-record this and um, we just didn't quite capture it. And so then we had to have that um, that hard conversation with the producer to say, hey, I actually have a demo of this at home. Can we just, you know, mix that one? And so it was about just trusting my gut on that and sort of proving that um, I had the ability to sort of capture the, the essence of the song in that initial sort of period after it had been written and so I guess all of that just as a combination was just exciting to do something new and um yeah it's uh yeah you're right you know I was very excited just for people to hear it yeah and an hour that is impressive yeah it's just it's just unbelievable <laughs> you know it never <laughs> ever ever happens like that so when it does you're like okay cool I'm onto something here but then you also have to think you know maybe I'm rushing this you know <laughs> like Maybe I'm really excited about it. And then like in two weeks time, I'm going to go, oh, no, that's a bad song. (laughs) I think it was just about, all right, just believe in it and get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like it and I hope everyone else does too. And I love how it's put this way. It spins the tale of two lovers chasing a passion as fleeting as a moonlit night. I love that. Where did this whole inspiration come from for you? Was that from somebody else too? <laughs> no, this one, um, I mean, like this song spurred from a rehearsal I was actually in with my band and somebody played like three notes and it was the da 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 And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like- That's my favorite part of the whole song. <laughs> yeah, and then it just, it just went and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But the actual, um, I feel as though when I'm writing songs, I often just like blurt out phonetic nonsense that aren't really words. And then I find a little- couple of words that sound like those you know phonetic sounds that I make and then um, I had this idea to write this song about I I must have had a night out and I I sort of liked that early morning um, you know commute home with all the other riffraff and then I was just thinking about you know previous times where I'd spent the night you know trying to as you know as a teenage lover you're driving around doing dumb things and not getting any sleep and trying to find the best place to see, see the sunrise and um, not necessarily missing those times, but just also acknowledging for them for what they were. And at the time realizing that, you know, they do sort of come and go really quickly and just to mm. enjoy them while they happen. So 
I think it was just, uh, yeah, I think it's a nice sort of feel good thing. And yeah. at the end of the song, it's not like you've said goodbye and you're really sad. It's sort of just going, hey, yeah, you know, hope you're well. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Sort of thing. So it's not mm. necessarily a sad love song. It's a, um, just stands for a moment in time sort of love song. Yeah, yeah of course. And why bark at the moon? Where did that whole analogy come from? I was like, that's I random. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it, and a few people have said, oh, isn't it howl at the moon? I'm like, yeah, I guess it probably is. But I don't know. <laughs> Correct I like, me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's my song, you know. <laughs> but, I'll make it the way I want to. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I like the idea of just like going out and just, you know, being idiots in the moonlight sort of thing. And um, there's something a little um, less conformative to, to bark at the moon rather than, I don't know doesn't matter bark how it's all synonymous isn't it yeah <laughs> did you know we filmed this interview well come on over to our youtube channel rave it up tv you can subscribe for free and here's a little secret we like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise no matter where you are in the world so don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends in this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneeffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au and type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. Well, something I love about this track, and I hope everyone else does too, is just the melody. It's so catchy. Did that all come naturally to you? And for your sort of process of making a song, does that come first or do the lyrics come first for you? Yeah, in this instance, the, um, the melody was definitely there first. Um, and I feel as though I can attribute, um, you know, some catchier melodies that I have in my songs to again, playing with different people. Like I play in a couple of country outfits, but I also play in a couple of like pop indie sort of almost shoegazy outfits. And so, you know, there's a lot of melody heavy songs that I go, oh man, that's such a cool earworm. Why can't I write cool earworms like that? And so then all of a sudden, earworms. the, like um, yeah. And so all of a sudden the, uh, you know, the, the goal for that week is to write a cool melody, you know, rather mm. than try to say anything profound, like the, the folk guys that I hang out with. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's one of them things that if it gets stuck in my head, I just hope that it gets stuck in somebody else's head. So it's always the melody usually that comes yeah. first for you, no matter what the song is. I mean, like, you know, when I'm driving, I'll, I might have a, an idea of a concept, some lyrical concept, and I'll put some words down on a, um, you know, in the notes part of my phone or something, but it's often I'll try to find some sort of, you know, rhythm metric sort of uh, m melody to that set of words and, then it's about, okay, cool. How do I make this tonally jump around? So it's a catchy song, you know, mm. um, sometimes it doesn't need it, but I felt like a song like this was going to be a quick, fun, you know, catchy little 
almost pop tune, you know? So yeah. it's not, no, I say party yeah. for the ears. Party for the ears. That's a good one. <laughs> you can use it anytime you want. Thank you. And is it true that your band did all the recording of the rhythm parts remotely? That must have been a whole nother challenge in itself. Yeah. Well, as I said, you know, this sort of happened really quick and I demoed everything um, to the level that I could in my, in my room. Um, and then I, I sent the the MP3 off to um, my bass player and my drummer, who then you know within an hour they sent back their <laughs> really quick parts as well. So, and then um, the the vocal chant I sent out to a whole heap of friends of mine just said, "Hey, I'm not going to show you the rest of the song. Just you know, can you just sing these four lines over and over and over again? You know, yell them into a microphone or something." And so, <laughs> it was a real sort of uh, blinded. Um, collaborative effort that just you know sort of came together like that um, really quickly and yeah I guess really magically as well is really nice Mm. and the whole music video obviously goes with the whole you know inspiration of the song really about driving around early hours in the morning it's all on YouTube for everyone to check out if they haven't already and your real life partner I did read Lily was actually your main girl so did that even feel like work for you was it just you guys could just have fun all night or or it was early in the morning (laughs) it was funny you know because like I had this idea and like we actually filmed it out in the uh Alinda which is like an arboretum out in the um Yarra Ranges and it definitely played a part. Um, you know, I've definitely been out there in, in earlier years and that sort of captured the essence of the song. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I thought I could get an actor in, but it's going to be strange. And then Lil was like, I'll just do it. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be great. And like, you know, it had the authentic sort of essence to it as well. And, but it was, it was a little strange because we were just hanging out and then there was, you know, the camera crew. Watching you, yes. <laughs> It's definitely strange, but um, yeah. Now you know I've, how I've, reality TV stars exactly, feel. You yeah. know, you're on your date and you've got cameras there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I know I've got that sort of feedback where people go, you know, it looked natural and it looked authentic. So I guess um, it worked for that. So. Yeah. Mm. And how long was the whole shoot day? I'm we guessing you've only got a certain amount of time to get that done. Yeah, we did. We, and it was in between two trips. Um, that I was doing on tour. So I, like we had like this 24 hour window where this was the only time that we could get the filming done. And um, we went out late one night and then very early the very next morning um, before obviously the sun come up and it was like, you know, the 4th of June or something and it was so bloody cold. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, and Lil's out there in like some overalls and stuff and she's like, so cold. Oh yeah, it was, it was, I asked a lot of, a lot of people that morning, but yeah, we pulled it off. <laughs> did you get sick afterwards? <laughs> or did Lil did, get yeah, sick? she did. Yeah. I think we're all a little, and like the guy who filmed it, Tyler, he's a good friend of mine and he'd just flown back from Fiji where he was having his honeymoon. He flew straight to Melbourne for, oh the, my for the shoot and he had food poisoning from the plane. And it was oh. just, <laughs> it was one of them things where all of the, the, you know, we had all the odds stacked against us, but it still worked out. Still worked out. That's yeah. good. Gee, he's dedicated to come right after his honeymoon. <laughs> he is. Oh, man. I don't know whether I – I hope he didn't cut it short. I don't think he did, but, yeah. yeah anyway. Otherwise, his new wife would not be happy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and how do you prep for a long evening like that? Did you just sleep all day or you're like, I'll just sleep tomorrow? <laughs> well, I feel as though, like – my as a musician it's almost shift work so my body just does what it has to do to get through you know um whereas the other guys um like my girlfriend lil she gets up 
really early every morning. So the early morning was fine for her, but the late night, the night before was a bit much. So I was very happy to have, and we had a, my friend uh, there to um, take photos as well. And, you know, he brought the coffee as well. So there was a lot of coffee involved. <laughs> yeah, of course, lots of caffeine. <laughs> and you're on a um, two month long tour as well, promoting your album and you're visiting places like Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Sydney, Bathurst, Canberra, Melbourne, and Geelong. There's just a few people places guys where are you most excited to visit are they all places you've gone before to tour yeah for the most part um yeah i don't know you know i'm heading up to uh yeah queensland at the end of this week and um i haven't played up there as a solo artist yet so that'll be interesting and it is like it's just, it's the weekend of the, the 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 day of morning and the afl grand final everything seems to be happening on the on the one on the one weekend but mm. i don't know it, it's all a lot of fun I, re, I really enjoy playing shows for people um outside of melbourne but i also just enjoy the the traveling side of things as well so i think it's all going to be a lot of fun um and yeah hopefully people come out and catch a show yeah, support you. <laughs> I did also read too, you'll be supporting was a charm of finches in Queensland and New South Wales, as well as the Whitlam's in Goulburn. So how long is your set for those shows? And you do you perform a lot of your own songs as well? Do you even have time? Yeah, um, I mean, like those ones, they're usually like half an hour, 40 minutes, and I sort of just pick my own greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> but the songs that I, I like the most and the songs that I think sell the most records, you know, um, and often that involves quite a lot of terrible stage banter um as well um so something you I don't, don't think you're good at <laughs> well i feel like i'm i've said that i've had the same sort of list of jokes that um have been kicking around that i feel like i've ironed them out a little bit people seem to laugh so that's nice um well, even though you've heard them a thousand times i've heard them a maybe thousand not times everyone else in the audience has maybe they're few, hearing it for yeah, the first time <laughs> and a few people who have like been to a few shows they go oh yeah i know where this is going Oh yeah. Nice one, Riley. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. But anyway, <laughs> it's all part of it. You know, the the whole thing is a bit of a, uh, a you know, a spectacle. It's a stage show that you rehearse the songs and rehearse getting on and off stage. It's a it's a whole thing. So kind of like um, stand up comedy. They still yeah. have all they're always the same jokes. They might just exactly. have a few new ones in. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So can you actually share with us some of those songs that you will be performing or is that a bit of a secret still? <laughs> no, I mean, like it's, uh, you know, the normal staples, are, um, you know, I'll play Mother Please, I'll play Germany, I'll play The Ferryman, um, Vacant Lots sometimes in there, Leave Me Out Dry. There's, a, there's an older song off the EP called Robin that I play every every night. Um, I'll obviously play Bark at the Moon. Um, I would hope so. I have to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and I also, you know, if I have time, I like to sort of... Uh, give the audience a bit of a glimpse of where I'm going as well. So there's, you know, there might be a few new songs that aren't recorded yet. It's also important, I guess, to um, play those songs and sort of put them through the paces of touring them and seeing how they, you know, audiences do react to them. So, um, yeah, I feel like there is quite a lot of thinking involved into what goes into a, into a set list. And, um, yeah, I, it can be different each night, but, you know, it usually is the same set of songs each night. Yeah, and come up with maybe different ways of sharing your stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, you know, sometimes they, one song goes into another song the right way because of the story or something. But, yeah, for the most part, it's the same songs, just, you know, manipulated and swapped around. Mm. Well, good luck with it all. Uh, hope to see you perform one day soon. Thank you. <laughs> 
Now, before we finish up today and even play a game, which would be really fun before we finish up, Riley, I wanted to know, do you have any advice for our audience today who might want to follow their dreams of becoming a singer or a songwriter as well? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel as though you've, like, before I started making this sort of music, I really went out and I listened to a lot and I just watched and, and observed and saw how people did it, you know, how they released music, how they conducted even like a social media plan and all that sort of thing. I don't know. I think it's about just having a plan and um, sort of doing a lot of research and then also just working on your craft as well. I feel like that's the most important thing over anything. It's like you can have a great branding and social media plan, but if you don't have the product to back it up. So yep. you know, songwriting is practicing songwriting. So if you want to be a songwriter, make sure that you're writing songs. Um, sometimes that means forcing them out and copying other people, but I don't know. I feel as though there's just no right way to go about any of this. So you see other people doing things and you might try it. And if it doesn't work, then that's just one way it didn't work. You know, there's millions of yeah. other ways to sort of figure it out. So just do that's, it. That's yeah. so true. That's why I like these interviews. Cause there's also so many different ways to get into the industry yeah. too. And some yeah. people are just lucky enough. They get a break like that. Sometimes people yeah. don't work for 10 years. <laughs> I think that's it. You know, you just don't model yourself on anyone else because you know, maybe it was a big bout of luck that they got to where they are, but you've sort of just got to work on the things you can control. And that is the craft, you know? So. Mm. Oh, thank you very much. I hope everyone takes that on board. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bully or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. Now, I think it's time for the legendary two-minute hot seat now, Riley. Ooh, exciting. Right. <laughs> it's a game here in Rape It Up where I ask you various questions. You just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats or yeah. secret dancing. And you have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. Now, there is a bit of a competitive element too. If you answer as many questions in two minutes as possible, we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game right. on the show. Okay. <laughs> People love competition, don't they? Yes, yes. I have to win. It's Monday morning and I haven't won anything yet. So let's oh, do it. It's a good way to start the week then. You can say, I won a game. Yes. So to give you an idea, with especially with Zoom um, interviews, and I always give you about two minutes 15, just to be fair, since there's a little bit of delay. Sure. Uh, at the top of the Zoom, Rave It Up leaderboard answers 61 questions. 61 questions? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got to right. beat them, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me get my stopwatch out and let's change the view on the camera so I can see us both. Here we go. Are you ready, Riley? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Apple or Android? Apple. Rap or rock? Rock. Rock or pop? Rock. Pop or country? Country. Beach or mountains? 
Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Skiing or snowboarding? Skiing. Comedy or action? Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Brunettes. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Sunglasses or hat? Uh, hat. SUV or convertible? SUV. Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? PlayStation. Singing or dancing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Chinese food. Summer or winter? Summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Can I go back? That was winter. Uh, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. John O'Dell or Will Smith? Will Smith. Mall or online shopping? Uh, mall. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Ice cream. Cake or cookies? Cake. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookies. Family or friends? Family. Football or soccer? Football. Christmas or your birthday? Christmas. Night or day? Night. Bus or train? Bus. Straight or curly hair? Straight. I color blue or brown? Brown. Vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Texting or calling? Calling. Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. Friday or Saturday? Saturday. TV or movies? Movies. Star blockers or Gloria Jeans? Gloria Jeans. Snow or surf? Surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Simpsons. McDonald's or Hungry Jacks? McDonald's. Red Rooster or KFC? KFC. French fries or chips? French fries. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Pies or sausage rolls? Pies. Tomato sauce or barbecue sauce? Tomato sauce. Guitar or drums? Guitar. Sneakers or thongs? Sneakers. Bike or scooter? Bike. Leather or denim? Leather. City or country? Country. Biting your nails or picking your nose? Picking your nose. <laughs> Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. Backpack or suitcase? Backpack. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Mum or dad? Oh shit, dad. <laughs> Headphones or speakers? Headphones. Book or magazine? Magazine. Boxes or briefs? Briefs. Board shorts or speedos? Speedos. <laughs> and we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All God. right. That's like the psych test that you do to get into the army. Jeez. Are you going to get in trouble now with the mum and dad yes. question? <laughs> Everyone stops at that one going, no! I also, I also had to think when you said blondes or brunette, and I was like, because my, my girlfriends changed their hair a couple of times. I'm just like, God, what is the right answer here? Well, sometimes people are like, I'm blonde or I'm brunette, but I prefer blonde the other yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, how do I answer that? Oh, God. <laughs> How many questions do you think you answered in that time, Riley? I don't know. Uh, do you think you beat the 61 questions? 61 is a lot of questions. You were getting really fast near the end there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd I get? Oh, well, I'm happy to say you did beat them. Woo! <laughs> you answered 63 questions. Oh, God. <laughs> Doesn't that feel great? What a great way to start your Monday morning. That's right. Start my week on a Top win. Top of the Rave It Up leaderboard. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I love it. That was so much fun. And a great way for the fans <laughs> to get to know you a little bit better too. Yeah. And a great way to get in trouble on multiple fronts. So thanks yes. for that. <laughs> good luck with your girlfriend and good yeah, luck with thanks. your mum and dad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, it was your time to do a shout out to your mum and your girlfriend yeah. that you still love them. Yeah. I love you both. Sorry. <laughs> Well, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview now, Riley. It's been a lot of fun. Great way to end it today. Thank you so <laughs> much for having me. No, you're welcome. But a little bit more serious now, knowing what you know now, because this is the most important question on Rave It Up. We always end with this. We've got a whole book about it now behind me. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? I guess, you know, just 
enjoy what you're doing because one day you're going to be doing it for work you know mm-hmm. um i feel like oftentimes you get really caught up in making what you love a chore and or making it work and oftentimes they can turn it into a chore and it's just like just enjoy it while you can just enjoy it so um I don't know, and also just set up a, a bit of a foundation or a bit of a, a structure so you can constantly remind yourself of that. Um, but yeah, I don't that know. love, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't call it work. Don't call it work, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that might be that might be the secret that we're all needing to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if our audience want to contact you, find out what you're up to in the future, go buy tickets, all that jazz. Where should we go? Uh, RileyCathra.com is probably the best place. It'll shoot you in all the right directions. Um, yeah, you know, there's uh, tickets and merch and um, show dates and all of that sort of thing all on there. Yeah. Perfect. And I'm guessing Facebook, Instagram, yeah. all the social yeah, yeah. medias. Type all you into things. Google, you'll find we'll find. That's him. right. <laughs> all, all of the things that I'm constantly trying to keep up on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. We all feel that pain. It is yep. hard. It is. <laughs> and it just keeps coming up with new things yeah i've not gone on tiktok for the the reason i don't want to update that it's another thing exactly (laughs) who cares (laughs) sorry i'm sorry for the audience that love tiktok (laughs) but i'm not getting on it i just (laughs) not my thing i already got enough stuff to update (laughs) exactly exactly thank you so much for coming on the show today riley you're welcome on the show anytime all right just keep in contact will do thank you so much for having me you're welcome Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.